0: Good morning again, Christ Fellowship. Good morning, good morning. So to start off this morning, I want you to pair up with someone right next to you or by you. It has to be teams of two, okay? Two, no more than two. It can't be three. It can't be four. Two. So if you're sitting by yourself and you don't know someone by you, just walk up to them real quick. Introduce yourself and sit right next to them. Okay, so everyone should be next to someone. Twos, okay. I'm going to give you 10 more seconds. Now it's going to be very simple. Is everyone, everyone has their partner for this time period? Okay, I see you guys. I'm going to say a word. Okay? And you have to tell the person next to you after I say the word what's the first thing that comes to your mind, but it has to be personal. It can't just be any random thing. You have to try to think of personal. So I'll give you an example. Imagine if the word was dog. I would say, oh, I think of Icy Shadow and um, Willow. I almost forgot her name real quick, Willow. My newest dog. We call her Willie. That's not her name. I don't know why we call her Willie, but it's Willow. So I would say that because that's what I think of when I hear the word dog, okay? So I'm going to say a word, and you only have 30 seconds for each of you to say it. So don't talk all the 30 seconds and leave no time for the person that's next to you. That's not cool, okay? All right, ready? The very first word is support. Support. What do you think about personally when I say support? 30 seconds on the clock. Maybe you think of someone that supports you in your life, something that you use for support. four, three, two, one. Time's up. Time's up. Okay. The next word is safekeeping. It's a word you probably don't use often, but it's pretty much what is something or, you know, in your life that you keep in safekeeping. Okay. Safekeeping. You have 30 seconds clock behind me. And if you're watching online, try to talk to someone that's in your house. (laughs) It might be harder. It might be harder. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Oh, I went a little bit too fast. One. All right. Next word. Okay. Sustenance. Okay. It's something that sustains you. You have 30 seconds. When you think of sustenance, what would you say? Two, one, zero. We only have two more words to do. The next one is security. When you think of security, what do you think about? You have 30 seconds, okay? Six, five, four. Three, two, one, zero. Now, the last word to share, the first things that come to your mind, the first thing satisfaction. Okay? I mean, it's very broad satisfaction. You have 30 seconds. It could be something that brings you comfort, something that brings you joy, something that brings you happiness, something that you personally like. Five more seconds. Three, two, one, zero. That's a question I have for you today. What will you leave to be able to follow? Sometimes when we want breakthrough in our lives, We need to break off certain things. You need to break off things to have breakthrough. What's the word for the year? Okay, be one, make one. That's the word for the year. And we know we've been talking about this since the beginning of the year. So in case you missed any of the messages, you're able to catch it on our podcast or on our app. Um, you're able to hear the last messages. Last week, I know we did something very different. I thought it was really cool to be able to sit down and interview all the pastors from our church. So we had like a little forum where we were able to hear from them, them sharing from their own experiences about growing spiritually with God and their journey. Their journey. Some of them were very transparent, um, sharing like the things that they were struggling with, or certain things it was hard for them to apply in their lives, and things that they did to be able to grow more. In the journey as well. So in case you didn't see it, make sure you definitely listen to it. We highlighted also the disciples path, how that's an awesome opportunity to be able to get plugged in to grow in the journey. The Bible classes, our fellowship groups, our community groups um, being um, teamed up with an intentional leader, being able to pour into you and help you grow in maturity as well. Our retreats and our ministries um, that we have. So with that, I want to make something very clear to all of us is that you're on a spiritual journey. You are. And in that journey, there's different stages in it. And you need to wonder what stage you're in. Now, I want to tell you, I'm going to go over the stages, and I want you to really be honest with yourself about what stage you're in. I know what stage we all want to be in. But we really need to know where we really are at the moment. And sometimes there's certain people in our lives that will tell you the truth okay, we will look right into your eyes, say, look, I know you think this is happening, but this is reality, you know, we all have that person, for me, that's Jen, like, you know, Jen will, like, I'm like, yo, Jen, what do you think about this, I'm excited about this, or whatever, say, like, Carlos, nope, don't do it, you know, whatever it is, it could be an item, like, pretty much a shirt I like, she'll, like, like, I could love the shirt, and I'll look from a distance. I'm like, hey, what you think? She's like, nope. all right, all right, it's going away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, there are those people that would tell you the very truth, and some of us might need to ask them, what's their view on our spiritual walk? I'm going to highlight the five. The first stage of our spiritual walk, I know this is going to scare some of us, is being dead, Okay? Because we were all dead before giving our hearts to Jesus. Get it? So that's a stage in our walk is when we didn't know Jesus. We were spiritually dead. Yeah, physically we're living. Spiritually we're dead. And really the word that would be able to highlight our behavior, our language, the way we are, is really unbelief. We just don't believe that Jesus is who he said he was, and we haven't given our heart to Jesus. That's the first stage. The next one is being an infant. Number two is being an infant. You gave your heart to Jesus, and this is a big mistake people sometimes make. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you think that's the end. Kind of like, hey, that's it, high five, you're going to heaven. You know, everything is good. No, you just started. You got diapers on, like, you know what I mean? You you're, you got a little, you know, little poo-poo in your diapers. You know, you, there's a lot of things you need to grow into. You're a baby spiritually, okay? So as an infant, the main word that highlights the behavior and the actions of this person is really ignorance because they just don't know. They really don't. You know, they just gave their life to Jesus But their behavior and everything is the way it used to be. They don't know how they need to change to be able to grow into what God wants them to become. And a lot of times, a lot of people give their hearts to Jesus, and they stay in this infant stage. You could be 55 and still be a spiritual infant. You could be 65 and be an infant. You know, or you could be 18 years old and not be an infant and already moved on to the next stage. Because if we're trying to learn and grow from our spiritual rabbi, who's Jesus, leading the way as we're walking behind them, wanting to grow, you know, God's able to transform our lives. Okay, the next stage. So we know the first one is being dead. The second one is being an infant. The third one is being a child. Okay, You grew from being an infant. Now you're a child. But the main thing that highlights this is really self-centeredness. You know about, you know more, but there's a stage like every child, you really just think about yourself. And this is a spiritual stage where, yes, you've gone beyond infancy, but yet you're still just thinking about you. All your prayers... Or about you. El carrito que tú quieres, la empanada que quería comer en la mañana. Y dice, Dios, por favor, dame la empanada. You know, like everything, the empanada you really wanted. That's what I said. But you know what I mean? Like everything, it's about you. And if all your prayers, if 99% of your prayers is about you, you might be a child spiritually. Really, your prayers should be about Others and those that you could impact and doing God's will, what is God doing and wanting to listen even more, sometimes more than even speaking, wanting to see what God is saying, giving you the instructions of what to do. So self-centeredness. The fourth stage is being a young adult. Okay, now you're being a young adult and that's God-centeredness. That, that could highlight it. Now you've become an adult. You, you, you've understood that God needs to be in the center of your life in everything. When it comes to your work, your finances, your relationship, every aspect of your life, God is, you want God to be at the center. And that's a great place to be, being a young adult. And then the fifth um, stage is being a parent. And what highlights that is intentionality. What highlights that is that now you're a parent, you're intentional to do God's will. It's not just the fact that you're putting Him at the center. You wanna do His will. You wanna make disciples. You wanna change the world. You wanna love Him with everything that you have. And you eat, breathe, and sleep what God has for you in your life. It's not about what you wanna do anymore. Your agenda, your planner, Your phone of your appointments, everything revolves what God wants, because now you're intentional not to drift through life. I was talking to someone about earlier about this. So many people want to put God at the center and they might say it. It might look like it, too. But in reality, they're drifting their circumstances and life is really dictating where they're going in life instead of being intentional and really leading your life into what God has for you to do. So here, the next one, there you'll see all five. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Where are you? Now, this is the thing. Wherever you are, except for the dead one, like, you know, if you're dead, you need Jesus right now. We're going to pray for you right now. (laughs) You know, like, it's a, progr- it's a process. We're all in that process. We've all gone through that process. You know, we've all been dead, you know, beco- been an infant, and we're, ju- we're in that journey. So the big thing is, is realizing where you are and that you need to grow in this spiritual journey. So right now, I want you to take a deep breath, okay? And I want you to look at that, and I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Where are you in this walk? Where are you? Are you dead? Are you an infant? Are you a child? Are you a young adult? Are you a parent? And no matter where you are, it's okay when you realize where you are. But the thing is, God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to continue growing. And even if you're uh, at the stage of being a parent, we know there's a lot of parents in this world. But we also know you could be a better parent. So even if you're a parent here, don't think that... <laughs> look at these infants. you are going be like, not at all. If you're a parent, you need to know and grow and ask Jesus how you could be a better parent to maximize your time and everything that you are in your life. Now, this is the thing. Last week, if you remember... When we had the discussion, I told you uh, to really think about a takeaway. To think about a takeaway and something that to apply to your life, that you want to apply to your life. Now, today we're going to highlight and realize that a lot of times it's not just what you apply to your life. It's what you take away from your life. Okay? And I mentioned it before. It's like, you know, we're, we're talking about breakthrough. A lot of us in our lives, we can't have the breakthrough that God wants us to have because there's certain things that need to break off. There's certain people we need to break up with because I'm not just talking about relationships. It could be friendships. I remember clear as day when I first gave myself to the Lord and I was excited, you know, I was pursuing stuff and I had a specific friend in my life that honestly was like my best friend, but became like a kryptonite to me. Like every time I would go around them, they would criticize me, make fun of me, tell me how I'm wrong, like always putting me down. Like it was unbelievable how it changed the moment Jesus came into my life. Like it became a big problem. And I remember as clear as day, the day one day I was driving home and when I was driving home away from his um, house, I knew in my heart that our relationship, our friendship was over. Like, you know, I'll still be friends. I'll still love them. I'll still care about them, but I'll never be the same because I knew I couldn't stay in that presence and know that I knew that it was no good for me. Um, so by, by me... Even thinking, if I would have stayed in that presence, how different it would have been if I would have listened to his words more than God's words during that time. So, for all of us, we need to realize that we're in this journey, and there's certain things we need to not take with us in the journey. Um, This past December, December 30th, we have we had a family reunion in Miami. Uh, For those of you that don't know, both of my parents are Cuban. All the Cubans hang out in Miami. So we were over there, right? So, you know, it was about 70 of us and around 50 of them were there. 20 of us flew down from pretty much this area over here. And we had an amazing time, our first family reunion ever. It was an amazing journey, amazing experience. But the only thing that was so interesting in the entire thing was the flight over there with Spirit. Okay? I don't know if you ever flew Spirit before. Spirit charges you for everything for every bag you take, even your carry-on, they charge you for the carry-on, they charge you for the seat, they charge you every time you gotta go to the bathroom, they charge you anytime you try to breathe, someone's going around, did you just breathe? Yo, five dollars! You know what I mean? Like, they charge you for anything. There was one time I was sleeping, and I kind of woke up, and I was so thirsty, I needed the living water, I needed Jesus, I needed something. So, it's I was so thirsty, I kind of like woke up, you know, that drowsy sleep, and some many times i go on the plane and i say to myself i'm not gonna fall asleep yo without question that thing rocks for me to sleep like in two seconds that airplane so all i know i kind of woke up and the lady was going through with the little cart. yo she had water she had soda i'm so used to free stuff free soda and stuff and i'm not even joking i kind of look and i got nervous i looked at a little magazine it was like dollars cents for a bottle of water i was like keep your water you know and nothing free nothing free But one of the biggest challenges was packing to be able to go, okay, packing. Because when we realized this, Jen was like, I'm not paying that extra money over there to go fly over there. And they only let you take a personal item. I even have the measurements, 18 inches by 14 inches and 8 inches, okay? So sorry if there's anyone that works for Spirit here or anyone watching here. I still love you guys. But, yo, just one personal item for free. And then Jen is like, that's all I'm going to take. OK, so the challenge was, you know, all of a sudden it's like you you're you. It's what you take away. You know what I mean like it, you're used to bringing so much with you in the journey. And now you're limited just to take a little tiny bag like this, everything that you have. And I don't know how she did it, but she did it, you know, like a little bag there. And it's amazing how many times in the journey that we go on spiritually, we want to bring a lot of stuff with us. We think a lot of stuff with us that we had in our old life, it's okay to carry now in our new life. We think it's okay to go on this journey with Jesus and carry a lot of baggage and a lot of items that you're used to carrying. But Jesus, you know what? He's amazing. Jesus looks into our lives and he knows that we're not supposed to carry certain things in our journey. And I want to read to you from here from Luke chapter 9, verse, starting at verse 1. You could turn in your Bibles. It says this. When Jesus had called the 12 um, together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Now think about the excitement there. Imagine you're part of that group. It's like, you know I me. Mean? I give you power, you know, uh, to, to expel demons in Jesus' name and to cure diseases. They're excited. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And then the next statement is probably one of the weirdest statements you could read off glance. It's like all of a sudden he tells them about the mission, about casting out demons, healing the sick, proclaiming the kingdom, and then you would think it's like, guys, go for it. You could do this. I love you. You know what I mean? It's like, go. But Jesus knows that they're on a spiritual journey themselves. Jesus knows they need to grow. Jesus knows in that group, who knows, there could have been an infant, there could have been a child. You know, we know that he he select them, he called them, but they're in a journey of still growing. The same way we're in a journey. So Jesus throws a curveball at them and says, hey, I know you're all excited. Sometimes we could really get excited about Jesus, but Jesus wants to work on our character and who we are inside, transform us from the inside out. Jesus says, take nothing for your journey. It's almost as Jesus worked for spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know, like he took it to a whole different level. You know what I mean? It's like Spirit lets you take a little personal item. Holy Spirit, nothing. None of that stuff you're taking with you with the Holy Spirit Airlines. Okay, ready? Take nothing for the journey. That wasn't, I wasn't planning to say that. I don't, I don't know. A corny joke. Okay, ready? Taking nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Isn't that, like, weird? It's like, and I really believe, though, with each item, there's a deeper meaning to it, and there's a reason why he said that. And what's what's interesting, in your own time, read Luke chapter 22, and when you read Luke 22 near the bottom, all of a sudden... Jesus actually, the disciples say, hey, for this journey, do I take, don't take anything? And then Jesus said, no, you could take the bag. You could take this and this and that. So he switched. He did it purposely here because there were certain lessons the disciples had to learn in the journey. Now, I remember as clear as day when I was doing the written exam for my driver's license. Clear as day. Well, it wasn't really written. It was on the computer. But I remember that it took me about two or three times to pass the written. Anyone want to admit you know, it took me a couple times? Okay, okay. It took a couple. Yeah, I read that book and everything. But it took me a couple times. But I passed it, okay? I passed it. Okay? Now, I remember it's clear as day studying that book at home, trying to memorize as much as I can, You know, and after I passed the written test, it it was time for the road test. It's completely different, man. You can read that book all you want. When you get in that car, all the nervousness comes, everything comes. Uh, Didn't pass my first road test. Anyone else didn't pass first road test? Who passed their first road test? All right, you guys put your hands down. I used to love you, but now, no, I still love you. But check this out. I didn't pass the first one. I was so nervous. Without any exaggeration, I was speeding through the streets in Newark, uh, speeding through. It's like 25 miles an hour. It's going like 45, 50. I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't stopping at the stop signs. I was rolling through the stop signs. And that's why they failed me. But it was because I was nervous. Okay? I was nervous. Now, there's a big difference between knowing, okay, and also living it out. The disciples were hearing teachings of Jesus. Now Jesus is like, you know what? Now it's time for your road test. Now it's time for you to really to walk it through in your life and see how you do. Because this is the thing, even for Christians today, and the question goes to you too, are you more interested in the message than the mission? Because a lot of times we just want the message, which... If you remember, it's like the Happy Meal, the fans of Jesus. They want the Happy Meal. They, they, you know, they're just believers, but they don't want the mission. So Jesus all of a sudden is looking at his disciples like, yo, you heard the message. Now it's time for the mission. And something we need to be reminded of, James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So Jesus tells them not to take five items in this journey. Now, the first one was the staff. He says not to take this on your journey. This might not seem that important to you, but to them it really was. You know, Israel is very hill. There's a lot of hills in Israel. It's not easy to walk through Israel. There, you know, there's no paved streets, no paved, you know, sidewalks nicely done. This really comes in handy. And what is this? It's a staff. But this gives you a support. I wonder what you put in the beginning when we were talking about support, you know, Do you rely more on those people or those things or whatever you came up with when we said support than Jesus? I just want to remind you in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Lean not on your own understanding. Let me tell you, in your journey, as you're growing as Christians, you know what is the biggest support that we have? A lot of times we think it's people that we talk to, you know, or like people that might surround us. One of the biggest support, in my opinion, the biggest support that we have, and we don't even realize it, is your own voice within your own heart and mind from your own experiences in life. When things happen in your life, all of a sudden your voice tells you and analyzes if you're able to do it or what gives a critique about it. And then that's why this verse in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says not to lean on your own understanding because your own understanding is trying to be your crutch. Your own understanding is trying to be your support and your staff. And Jesus is saying you got to leave that behind You need to trust me and build your life on the words that I'm telling you. Because you're on a whole new journey now. You know, you think you're walking through Elizabeth? No, 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 no. I'm I'm leading you towards a whole different direction. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says this, Therefore, everyone, he who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So whose voice are you going to listen to and use as support when you walk through? Is it your own understanding, your own experiences, your own life, or the words of Jesus and putting them into practice? Now, the second thing that he said not to bring with you is a bag. I don't know if they had these type of bags back then. This is a little book bag. I like this little book bag. But this here, I think... It it pretty much highlights safekeeping. Pretty much every disciple there at that moment, they would want to bring a bag with them to go on a journey. And in this bag, they would put inside the things that are most important to them. And before, when you were talking about safekeeping, I wonder what you said. You know, what did you say to the person next to you? Or what were you thinking of if you weren't doing the exercise during safekeeping? There's certain things that if I would tell you right now, hey, you have about six hours, pack the most important things in your life into this bag, and meet me in front of the church. We're going on a journey. I guarantee you there's certain things that you know you would want to take. You'll go back to your house, and you could think, it's like, you know, I want to take my jewelry. You know, I want to take my money. I want to take my credit. I want to take my passport. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain things. I want to take pictures. There are certain things that you want to take. Some of you is like, I want to take my empanada. I can fit it over here. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, you know, there's certain things you want for safekeeping. And right now, this moment, as you're walking, following Jesus, you're carrying a lot of things you, that you're trying to keep safe. And Jesus is saying, you know what? You got to leave those things behind. Because for some, this is going to hold you down in the journey. And I want you to trust me more than anything. In Matthew 6, starting at verse 19, it says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, all of these teachings were teachings that the disciples heard before. Now Jesus is saying, you know what? Now you're putting it into practice. It's like before you would store up these things and you want to bring it with you with the journey, but you're not going to bring these things on your journey anymore. You're going to trust me. Whatever you think are your treasures that you would keep in safekeeping, I want you to just don't focus about those treasures anymore. Focus on him. So here, the next one, he said, "Don't bring any bread." This is a Portuguese roll. I'm kind of hungry, but we're fasting. I can't eat this just yet. I'm gonna eat this tomorrow at midnight. <laughs> you know, mm. so uh, it might be a little stale. Jen, you have to buy me a new one. Mm. Um, so here is a Portuguese roll because we just know Portuguese rolls are so good. You know what I mean? I don't know if the disciples had Portuguese rolls, but you know, Portuguese are official. Jesus said, "Don't take any bread." Some of you might be sitting here, like, hey, you know, like, I'm gluten free, whatever, um, whatever. I don't eat bread. That's not a big deal. You need to realize that bread was a staple item in all their meals. Okay? Like, it's not like, for some of us, it's like rice. I grew up where I grew up in my house, you ate rice every single day of your life. You know, sometimes you just open the pot, you look around, it's it's just rice. You know, all right rice it is you know and or maybe a cracked egg i eat right on top and that's it you know some of you know the struggle so uh so you know this to them was a staple item just to so let you know there's so about over 500 bible verses that just highlights bread in the old testament there's about seven, seven, seven hebrew words that talk about bread and also in the New Testament, there's three Greek words that talk about bread. Their diet consisted bread, fruits, vegetables, olives, and cheese. Sometimes fish and meat. Bread was it. So when Jesus said, don't take any bread, okay? Like what well, he, he pretty much was wanted to highlight, you know, here was the sustenance. It's like what sustains you? Because I'm the only one that could sustain you. And Jesus wanted to get that point across. And I asked you before, what sustains you? What's your sustenance? I wonder if you, you might have said Jesus. Or that God is your sustenance. Or did you say something else? You know, what, is the, what give, sustains you, gives you nourishment? And in Matthew um, chapter 6, verse 26, In this verse, Jesus says this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So here, the disciples heard the teaching about the birds, how God feeds them and takes care of them, and that they're more valuable than they they are. But now it's like it's time for the road test. It's like no bread, no granola bar, and definitely no empanadas with guayaba y queso. Definitely. Jesus said that. They had that back then. So, so all of a sudden, it's like they said none of this. But it was because they were getting tested to trust Jesus to walk this journey, not taking any food with them and i wonder what we picked as sustenance in our life what what sustains us in our life and are we willing to leave all that behind the breads that you might have thought of and just get jesus as the main sustenance of everything you are we only have two more jesus said don't take any money Okay? Don't worry, don't get too excited. It's just five bucks. Okay? Just, I'm not going to have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so It's just five bucks. But he said, don't take any money with you. Money is security. When you have money, you feel secure. Right now, this moment, it's like if you have extra cash in your pocket, and obviously if you have a, uh, like a check card that you know is good and stuff, you feel secure. You could step out of here and pretty much buy that whatever you feel like you want to buy. It brings a level of security in your life. And when I mentioned security in the beginning, I wonder what you shared. You know, some of you would be like, oh, you know what I mean? My alarm system, that thing brings me security. You know, my pit bull. You know, who knows what you might have mentioned when it comes to security. But is Jesus your security? What if Jesus comes up to you and just says, give me all of your money? You're not gonna take none of your money on your journey, none of your credit cards, none of your cars, none of the things that probably has value to it. How would we react to that? And then here, if you turn to turn to Matthew chapter six, verse twenty four, Jesus highlights it too. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here, Jesus gave a teaching that you can't have two masters. And how do you know if it's your master is if you trust and have faith in that more than God? Some of us could look at our lives right now, and we feel more secure because of the money that we have or the possessions that we have than just if we would be with God alone. So God, what Jesus wanted to test his disciples, said no money at all in the journey at all. And then lastly, here, he said, don't take a shirt with you. And you might say to yourself, it's like, you know, what's the big deal with the shirt? Think about walking in a journey in Israel, how dusty it, get, it gets, how hot it is, and all of that. I guarantee you, it would bring great satisfaction to have a change of clothes. Guaranteed. After a long day of you being outside, just to have an extra shirt to be able to switch into and just be comfortable, it'll bring joy, it'll bring happiness. It will bring satisfaction. On a side note, I just even want to let you know that we're making plans for next year. God willing, I'll give you more details. But we would love to take Christ's fellowship to Israel and on a mission trip. Not a mission trip, on a tourist trip. <laughs> Not a missions trip, tourist trip. Uh, just to be able to explore the land of Israel. That's a little side thing. I'm so used to saying mission. Uh, so I got a couple people nervous when I said mission. It's like, no, tourist. But think about that. I just thought of that now when walking through Israel. But think about the satisfaction of being able to have a change of clothes and for you to realize that this was a big deal to them. In Matthew 6, verse 28. Now, for all of us, You might not think it's a big deal because you might have a closet filled with things. But for those of us that might not have much, you know how important it is to have that change of clothes. In Matthew 6, verse 28, Jesus says, Why do you worry about clothes? That's to show you how much it was in the forefront of their thinking. See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So here you see how much everyone's worrying, worrying about clothes. What did you say about your satisfaction, the things that bring you happiness and joy? What if for some reason God tells you you have to leave that behind and let God alone be your satisfaction? Is God enough for you? Is everything else a cherry on top? But for us, If we're infatuated with so many other things to satisfy our hearts and life more than God, we're missing out on what God has. So I want to ask you, are you willing to trust him with everything? To trust him to be your ultimate support? Not trusting on your wisdom, your own understanding, or the things you can manufacture, or anyone else that might say things to you. And of course, it's good to hear from other people. But God has to be our main support. Are you willing to have him as your greatest treasure? We talked about safekeeping, the things we want to keep safe. How many of us want to keep Jesus in our hearts, guarded and safe? above everything else that we own sometimes we put so much time effort and money protecting other things more than our relationship with god we have to keep him above everything what about your sustenance wanting him to be your everything that as long as you have jesus the bread of life you don't need anything else in your life because you know that he will provide And also your security and your satisfaction. You know what's interesting? In the Bible, Jesus would give his messages to the crowds. And of course, the disciples were in the crowd too. But Jesus would only give the mission to the disciples. Jesus never sent the crowd on a mission. It was only the disciples he sent on a mission. So if you're on this journey and you know that you need to break away from certain things, to trust him more than anything, because if you look at all these five items, the major thing that has in common is trust. Is trust. Do you trust him more than anything? And I wonder if those disciples at that moment, If they decided not to listen to Jesus, let's say, imagine they would have said, you know what, Jesus, no, these things are too important to me. I'm going to walk away. Imagine what they missed out on and the adventure that God had for them. And I wonder how many of us miss out on what God has for our lives because we're too tied up with things that are not necessarily bad. They're not bad things but they just replaced who God is. So if you're here, and as we go in this journey of spiritual growth, and you want God to break away the things that need to be broken away, you want God to tear off whatever needs to be teared off. You want God to set you free from whatever needs to be set free in your life, but you need to make that first decision. I want you to stand to your feet right now as we close in prayer. I want you to stand to your feet if you want to walk in this journey as a true disciple, realizing that you want to go from being an infant to a child. You want to go from being a child to a young adult. You want to go from being a young adult to being a parent. You're not satisfied where you're at. One of the biggest issues that I feel is that Christians especially, they drift through life, drift through life. Almost every day when I go on Facebook, I just see pretty much comments of either friends or people that just passed away, and you just see how short life is. Life is short. And I don't know about you, But I want to make sure that I'm walking as a true disciple, not as a fan, not just as a believer, not just something I've convinced myself that I'm okay. I wonder if each of us would have the courage to go to someone that we truly trust, that would speak the truth and look at us in our eyes and say, you know what, you need to change this, you need to add this. You need to bring this um, transformation in your life because you need to grow in that area because we're all in that journey of growth. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. And we thank you that you're calling each of us to go on this journey with us. But God, it's not just about us applying spiritual disciplines in our lives and being able to go to fellowship group and community group and being able to grow, having intentional leaders pour into us and all these things that we could add into our lives. You're looking deep into our hearts, into the core of our being and challenging us on things that we need to let go. Things that we need to loosen our grip of and surrender to you, God. God, forgive us for trusting more on money than in on you, God. God, forgive us for looking for support in so many other places instead of looking support for you, Lord God. God, forgive us for holding on to so many different treasures and things that feel like are, they're important to us more than our relationship with you, God. God, forgive us, God for not trusting you, God. And God, right now, we surrender everything to you. And we ask you and give you permission to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. (laughs) Stay warm. No more snow, but it's going to get really cold.